This is episode 26 of Spiritual AF with Pixie Rose, the podcast for people going on their spiritual journey, knowing that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Today on the podcast, I have Christy Russell from Empower the Woman, and I'm so excited for this episode. Christy's someone that I've wanted on on the podcast since I thought about launching it. I met you, Christy, I think in like a cafe through a mutual friend, through Rani, and I'd seen your work on Facebook, and I remember being really intrigued by your women's circles, and I remember saying to you like, oh, yes, I've been meaning to get along to your events, and then after we'd met I did make the effort to get along and yeah, your work has been a huge part of my transformation and my growth and I've just, it's helped me so much like attending your your women's circles in particular. So thank you so much for that and welcome to Spiritual AF. It's really cool to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So first I'd love to ask you a bit about your story and how you started doing this work that you're doing now. Mm, I think it would probably be around 12 years ago. So I was, I've got an 11 year old and I was pregnant with her and I was preparing for her birth. And I decided at that point to step out of the mainstream medical system and have a home birth. Um, And then that just opened my eyes to a lot of stuff. So I felt like um, I did lots of research and lots of reading because that's who I am. And in that time, I realized how women have such um, little choice during that process of becoming a mother um, and how things are just done to us and how we believe that's just how it should be. So deciding for that not to happen was really challenging. Um, It was scary and empowering, but I felt really lonely as well. Um, Home birth looked very different to what it does now, 12 years ago. Um, And there wasn't a lot of us around. So yeah, it was just like a massive beginning. So, you know, obviously becoming a mother then, kind of threw me into really exploring all of these parts of me that I had suppressed and I don't know, just becoming so connected to another person, to another little person and being and meeting their needs and being there for her. And I had time because I was a stay at home mum. So everything came boiling to the surface and uh, I was just like on this roller coaster of, of learning and it was amazing and it was really challenging. And from there, I think I decided I'd become a childbirth educator because I wanted to change the world <laughs> um, and give women choice and, and show them that they have choice and that they can make different decisions and empower them. And I did that for a while and I did my breastfeeding, like counseling. And then I started to run women's circles, mainly for mothers at the time. Um, And that was just so powerful. And from there, I kept learning myself and 
I really discovered that all of my work kept coming back to the womb space and um, I did an apprenticeship on, um, on womb awakening for a year and I just, I just discovered that we hold all of our power in our womb. It holds all our innate wisdom and it also holds all our trauma, our fears, our insecurities. And we have lots of blocks in our vagina, cervix, womb. And the more I dug into that, I could then incorporate it into work that I did with women. So I started running programs for women in circle. So I think you came to my first change makers. Yeah. Yeah. And um, just watching women like surrender and and listen to each other and grow. I went, now this is powerful shit and I have to keep doing this. And women in the community keep coming. So I, you know, as I have morphed as a person, my business reflects who I am completely and it just keeps kind of changing as I change still always comes back to womb work. So I then, you know, extended that and did the yoni steaming. Um, and I find that that's even connected because I often work with women with their cycles and that brings up a whole lot of other stuff because it often is very emotional. And yeah, and then that's led to me doing my um, embodiment work this year, which has been around, so yeah, holistic sexuality, and yeah women um exploring their power from from that perspective and pleasure and that kind of thing so it's all connected and it i yeah i was just talking before about letting some things go and i have let some things go but i still kind of weave it into everything that i do so it's been a massive journey a massive self journey and i just yeah i decided that I can only take women as far as they're willing to go, as far as I'm willing to go, sorry. So that's really important for me that I continue to do my own self-development. So it's like I'm not projecting unhealthy stuff that I've got going on, you know, so it all comes back together. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's so much in there. I know. <laughs> it's, like, huge. Sorry. It was, like, just, like, this little snippet. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just – I've absolutely loved – seeing your business expand the way that it has been and I've always felt so aligned to you I've always felt like every every time that I've needed something you've that's been your offering yeah I'm like this is exactly what I need it's amazing how perfect it is so yeah it's it's incredible work that you're doing and if yeah if there's anyone who hasn't attended a women's circle I highly recommend it we've spoken about it a few times on the podcast But they're just such powerful, magical spaces. Mm. So I'd probably like to go into that transformation of the mother. And mm-hmm. I know a lot of women have this experience of it's it's like a redirection in life after they have their first baby and they do get that time at home and they mm-hmm. get that grounding time. And so can you go into a little bit more detail on what your belief is around that idea of transformation of the mother so I feel like it's a rebirth of yourself and I'm just I'm offering at the moment a program called the initiated mother for women that are um you know just pregnant where we can spend six months together and it's really about that initiation time so an initiation is like um facing challenges that are 
really significant and having um, the challenges and obstacles that you can overcome, you know. So pregnancy does present that, especially in the Western world, because we have so many challenges that we don't often realize that are there. Um, and also on a physical level, on an emotional level, um, spiritually. But I think then the birth process itself is such a rite of passage for women. It's probably the biggest rite of passage you'll experience if you choose to have a um, child. Um, and then you're kind of thrust into motherhood, like you have this little person. And as I said before, if you allow yourself the time, and not everyone does, but if you allow yourself the time to sit in motherhood and in that energy of motherhood, it kind of, oh, it, it just presents to you all of your shadows. That's what I feel. Um, and it's like everything you thought you were <laughs> is just taken to a whole new level. It allows you to question they're such challenging little beings, children and babies. And, you know, they will take everything just from your anger, your patience, your resilience, your love. All of those are challenged. So every step is like a new opportunity for you to transform into the next level of yourself, I feel like. So, and it doesn't, you know, you have those early years that are like, I always say that I always call it, that's when you're in the thick of it. Like it's just consuming and it's, um, it doesn't end. Um, and you know, that's, that's one time, but as your children grow, it just continues. So my children are, you know, like primary school now, um, and it's still as challenging as it was, just in different ways. And I'm still uncovering and discovering things about myself from where they're at now. So I just feel like it's this continuous transformation. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, I don't know if I would have, I would be where I am now if I hadn't had children. And I'm, I, I ponder on this quite a bit, you know, because I don't, obviously not all women want to have children or have children, but... I think it's such an, a powerful part of our our transformation as women. Yeah. Yeah, which is a bit controversial, but it's something about that. Yeah, mm. definitely. Definitely, mm. yeah. That's a really interesting topic that's definitely mm. been presented in my life and people that I've spoken to as well. But mm. that program, The Initiated Mother, just sounds so perfect. And I felt that in the western society mm. when you get pregnant it's all this like medical you know it's all about doctor's appointments and ultrasounds mm -hmm. a lot of unnecessary testing mm. that's you know you're told that you don't have any choice it's something that you have to do mm -hmm. there's a lot of like yeah you have to do this lack of choice within that pregnancy period um and i felt that for me when i was when i had my first when i had my son mm -hmm. my first child i had zero preparation to 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 experience that transformation of the mother mm -hmm. and it was hard and yeah. it was horrible mm -hmm. and i think this is when you see a lot of that postnatal depression and different things like that because women are not being prepared yeah for that unlayering mm -hmm. and they're not being supported at all throughout that process to, yeah. so to have that offering to provide pregnant women support throughout that process just sounds incredible yeah it's definitely for me around 
Um, I do a lot of masculine and feminine work. So it's around really inviting yourself into your feminine. So we spent a lot of time in that six months exploring our feminine and really being able to surrender and be vulnerable because that's what birth takes and Mm. also early mothering, I feel like. So, um, yeah, this has been much more than just childbirth education, which I believe very strongly in and having evidence-based support and information, but it's been much more around... Um, practicing coming into your body and having time with yourself so when that moment comes of crossing crossing that threshold which is the birth Mm. that um, you you can pull out that within yourself and be and feel safe in that space of your body yeah Yeah. definitely Mm, so it's quite different and I I've said before I feel like that's my place in the birth world now like I yeah definitely I can give people evidence-based information, but this is the work. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. One thing that I am very curious about at the moment is actually preconception work. Mm. So have you got anything to share around what women could do in that preconception time? Maybe if they're unsure, if babies are in their future, or Mm. even in that time of conceiving. Yeah. I feel like um, preconception is vital. Like I thought I did all this work preconception and now I look back and I go, well, I got my, you know, I was seeing a naturopath and I was doing things for my physical body. Um, I think doing work on your inner world is so essential if you're planning on precon, like in your preconception time. Um, Because... As we know, like I've just spoken about, so much stuff comes up after you have your baby, which is going to happen anyway. But I think um, having a good foundation for yourself emotionally uh, is really important. So I think often we just get so busy in life and women are full-time working and they're um, popping their morning vitamins and off they go and they feel like they're dealing with their preconception. You know, they're, I'm, all, I'm, I'm ready, I'm here, let's just do this. Um, and they're just running around busy and I think that it's just completely overlooked I think that we need to come that inner work women could start before they get pregnant just such a bonus the other thing I think is really important is to um, pay attention to your cycle and really um, tend to getting a healthy cycle happening one this is from my steaming knowledge, I suppose, is that um, if you have a healthy cycle, um, your likelihood of holding a pregnancy is much stronger. Yeah. And also um, the, your period after when it returns will be a much more pleasant experience than having mad hormones and, you know, all kinds of things happening. So, um yeah, I do quite a lot of work with women that are getting ready to have babies and I just get so impressed with each one that ever calls me because I'm like, oh, all women need to be doing this and good on you, you know, because mm-hmm. they're just, they're putting off actually getting pregnant to try to get their, their cycles back in line and to get ready for that process. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk a bit more about the, the steaming mm-hmm. because this is so new to me. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can explain exactly this, this offering that you provide, yeah. what it, what the benefits are. Yeah. Cool. So, 
Um, it's called vaginal steaming in some places. America like to call it vaginal steaming. I call it yoni steaming. Um, it's actually a it's actually an ancient healing practice that was developed by women for women, which for me initially, I just went, Ooh, that's enticing. I love that to begin with. It's a universal practice. So it's like, I think there's at least 70 different cultures across the world that do have done steaming for many thousands of years. Um, some cultures do smoking, but the, the concept basically is that when we steam with um, medicinal herbs that they permeate up through the vulva and into the vagina and cleanse. And I think um, a lot of people get really concerned about that, well, the, the process of menstruating is actually cleansing in itself which is absolutely true. But what's happening, especially I think today, in today's age, is that we're not cleansing fully and it's creating a lot of issues with our cycles. So it's um, really powerful. Um, I think the greatest benefits of it are that it connects women to their cycles and that's, um, that is just, it needs, that needs to happen for everyone. So when I... I often start with women, I have to ask them lots of questions about their cycles and there's a lot of, oh, actually, I haven't thought of that or I'm not sure what colour my blood is or, oh, I'm not sure when that begins, you know. Mm. So they're aware but they're not really aware and as they steam and spend some time with me that they begin to um, go, oh, that thing happened again. Like, this is my thing. And everyone's a little bit different. So um, they have, people have different, different symptoms that I haven't, that I've never experienced. And then I start to see other women that have the same, you know, but um, so it's about learning your body. And I think that's a gift for for every woman. And I also think um, it just supports your cycle to have a healthy cleanse each month. And women shouldn't be living with pain and women shouldn't be living with periods that last for 10 days. And our idea of what's okay is actually a bit messed up. Like, yeah, it shouldn't be something that is a horrible burden um, or that brings us a lot of grief. And I'm finding uh, that the steaming for many, many women, that changes that. So... um, and look, I always say it's one, it's, it doesn't suit everyone. And I'm not going to lie there that sometimes it doesn't have an impact on some women. But overall, um, I see very positive outcomes. Yeah, so I'm working with women with, um, oh, that's so many cool things. So women that have, have endometriosis and are going in for their next, um, they need to get, have their, an operation and that they have done steaming and it stopped them from getting, they didn't need to go. Mm. Um, I've worked with women to get pregnant, which is always so exciting. Mm. Um, Long cycles and getting their cycles back into a healthy range between 28 and 30 days. Um, Short cycles, heavy bleeding. Oh, so many things. PMS and cramping. Like some women I've been able to, that's, their steaming has just got rid of all of that for them. Yeah. So it's really powerful. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. So healing and... Healing and it also really helps with trauma. Yeah. 
um, especially for women that have been like sexually abused. We, as I said before, we just hold so much. Um, we get quite stuck in those areas, and that can create the emotional blocks, can create pain in itself. So it's a, it's actually quite a very relaxing. Most women go, well, that was weird, but that was really nice. <laughs> so I think in itself, um, giving yourself the time, and I, I, you know, it can be quite a practical purpose um, of coming and we'll steam and we're working on this. And for some other women, it's very. I actually want this to be more of a spiritual experience. Mm. So it can be kind of many different things. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. So from that, Mm -hmm. I think I'd like to talk a little bit about miscarriage. Yeah. So you did mention that briefly that um, sometimes the preparation, the preconception preparation and, and even was it the Yoni steaming can help help avoid a miscarriage or um i think look i don't um and look the thing with yoni steaming is that there's a lot of a lot of anecdotal support so i always say i'm not a medical professional um and it's just from my experience and from the studies that have been done around yoni steaming that i think with fertility it really helps because it gets women's ovulation to be quite um like a good ovulation because if you've got like a 37, 37 day cycle, you know, like you're not sure when you're going to ovulate, it's often a bit later. Um, but if we have a cycle between 28 and 30 days, then that ovulation period is strong. It allows us to go into um, a nice healthy cycle and then that helps with um, getting pregnant and fertility. And then miscarriage, I've had some women that have come to me because I've had a miscarriage and um, the thing with miscarriage is that sometimes bits and pieces get left behind um, and you want to have a really good cleanse after a miscarriage. So um, we want to be able to really flush the whole womb out yeah. and prepare for the next time that you're going to conceive. So steaming absolutely does that and even women that have had miscarriages like three or four years ago they come and they've had not great periods for all this time they might have had a baby in between there and the periods still aren't great and we can do some really good steaming and you can see their cycle fall back into a a much nicer place yeah i think working with working with miscarriage it can sometimes prevent um, DNCs as well for women, like where you um, have to go in and get uh, like a medical procedure right, to be okay. to be cleaned out, yes. sort of thing. Yeah. So it just depends where women um, sit with their listen to themselves and work out that if they feel like they want to go down the medical avenue and, and have a DNC. Sometimes women are like, I actually don't want to have that invasiveness in my body. Yeah. Maybe I'll try this first. And then if I don't feel like that's been successful, then I could go and get a D- DNC. So it's just giving women a bit more of choice. Yes. And to be, and like I said, it's quite spiritual. It can be quite a spiritual process steaming. So I think that allowing that process of letting go and spending time with yourself each day that you steam after you have a miscarriage, um, it's very healing mm. for women mm. and it completes that miscarriage. Like women often feel quite completed. Like, mm. yep, yeah, this is, 
this has happened and I'm nurturing myself and I'm bringing my, I'm, I'm recovering. Mm. And women don't actually recover from a miscarriage until they have a healthy cycle again, their next healthy cycle. So sometimes you might bleed, you know, you might have a cycle, uh, it might be, you know, another month away or so, and it wasn't a great cycle, it was all over the place and you were spotting or you had all these things. Um, I wouldn't call that a healthy cycle. I would, it was the next cycle where it's, you know, in a 28 to 30 day process and it's a four or five day bleed. Um, that would be a next healthy cycle. So recovery can be for some women quite a few months, mm. but they think they've had the miscarriage and it's done, but it's actually a process. And I think when you give yourself time, um, and honor your body and the baby, um, it really, yeah, it's a completion mm. and it allows women to go into that next pregnancy if that's what they're choosing in a very different headspace. Yeah. Rather than everything happening really quick, like it does sometimes in the medical system and then they're home and they're like, ah, what now? You mm. know, I'm apparently healed and I'm okay and what's the next thing? Mm. Um, and obviously when I work with women that have had miscarriage, there's lots of talking in that process as well. There's lots of listening and validation. Um, so I, I feel like um, holding space for those women is a really essential part of the process. And I think that's healing for them as well. Definitely. Yeah. So, so it's another avenue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm. And I do feel like miscarriage just feels way too common and yeah. I wish I understood why these things happen there's probably so much that we could go into that but mm. is there any do you have any sort of advice for you know women that you know may know a friend or a sister mm. you know anyone who's going through a miscarriage and maybe what they could do to support them through that process or things that we could say yeah I think definitely um you know, we can, I think even if you've had a miscarriage yourself before, which I haven't, so I never pretend that I fully understand, but not saying I get it, like I know what you're going through, because I think that it's more about them, this process. It doesn't matter what your experience has been, like mm. it needs to be their time and their experience. So really listening is key. I think that asking them what they would like from you especially if you're a close friend like what is it that you need from me do you need me and give them some examples like this is what i can offer you because some we can't always offer everything um we have our own limitations so it might be that you you can say i can offer you time to listen i can offer you to clean your house i can offer to hold you if you want to be held um I can offer advice if that's what you want and give them some choice in what you're providing for them um, because not every two women are the same in how they're going to grieve when they lose a, lose a baby. Um, and you can't, you know, it might not, we, sometimes we can't provide things. So they may be wanting something from us that we can't provide and, and that's okay too. And that's where you can say, well, I can't do that for you, but I can do this for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So being, yeah, being open, giving them time and not being afraid that some people need to speak about the nitty gritty part. And I find that's more than you realize. Like they want to say what it looked like. Yeah. They want to say um, what it felt like, you know, and 
And we sometimes shy away from that discussion because we think it's going to um, traumatize them or be really too much. Mm. But some women, that's what they actually need. If you can't do it, you just you need to say what you can do. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, definitely. And if you can't do those bits, then maybe say, is there anyone else that can you can speak to about this? Or, mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and I guess now, now that we know that you do offer this beautiful service, mm. that could be part of that conversation too, is, you know, that, yeah, that this absolutely. is something that could be healing for them. Yeah. So I'd love to hear, what is your number one spiritual practice? So this might be something that you do every day or something that you always come back to. Mm. Um, every day I sit at my altar and it's something that I've done for many years now. Um, so I have an altar in my bedroom that my husband made for me and it's got all my special little bits and pieces on it. Um, and I have a ritual where I light a candle. I put on an oil that feels like is what I want to embody or give me whatever. Um, and I have a little sequence that I do that is some movement with some breath. And I connect an intention to it generally. Um, so I call that my morning ritual. I sometimes teach that to or share that with people in circle. Um, and it, I will do that before I leave the house in the morning, which can be a bit mad sometimes. So sometimes the girls, my two children will join me. Um, and I just do my own thing while they're doing oils and cards and stuff like that. Um, so it can be a very quick process. Sometimes it can be like three minutes. I've got three minutes quickly, Christy. And it's about grounding myself really. Yeah. And setting up my, setting up, um, the energy that I want to um, put out into the world for the day. So if I've got something big at work on, or I'm holding space for some really challenging students <laughs> or something like that's happening, like I might put something into that in my intention um, I may manifest during that. Um, and then I generally will have a deck of cards and I'll pull a card and place that on my altar. I also have my intention for the month from my, um, from the moon cycle is sitting there. So I might look at that and read that every day. Mm. So that's just my, always my go-to. Mm. And then I have lots of other things that I do. So I do a lot of breath work and, I have practices that embodiment practices that I've been using this year um, with the with the training that I've done. So sometimes they're a lot longer, like a Wednesday and a Friday. I don't um, work in an office, so I have more time and I try to get some sort of self pleasure in those days. Um, and just all depends on what's happening. But that one in the morning is yeah. my grounding. 100%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Blow up that candle and I'm like, get this shit going. I'm ready for the day. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I've just been learning a lot about altar spaces mm. and how powerful they are and slowly setting up altar spaces. And I, I will, of course, link all of your like Instagram and Facebook and different uh, things like cool. that in the show notes because yeah. I... I actually screenshotted your altar that you posted on Instagram. Oh, and I was I? like, I want something like that. That looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like it would have been like a year or two okay. ago. And I've yeah. still got it on my phone. And that's so like, cool. Oh, it's such a beautiful altar. I really want that space. I'm sorry to interrupt this episode, but I have to share some amazing products with you. 
Beauty by BB skincare range. It is all vegan, all made from recycled materials and can be recycled. It is completely free from toxins and it works it is so beautiful so if you're interested in trying out this beautiful range beauty by bb check out my link in the show notes you can order this whole range and it will be posted directly to you and i know you're going to love it So let's talk a bit more about the embodiment and the training that you've been doing this year because I'm very excited to hear more about that. Yeah. So I feel like my next step as a person was, um, I don't know, more about my feminine Mm. because that's been uh, something that I'm doing a lot of work on probably the last five or six years. Um, And I feel like that this work that I... have stepped into which was it's called Fembodiment Method um, and I've become a trainer and I spent I think 500 hours this year doing training which is a lot and I've worked really closely with an amazing woman called Jenny Mears and um, other women that have been doing the training Um, and it has really been around for me the biggest takeaway has been around really learning how to surrender it's something that I find I have struggled with because I have sat so strongly in my masculine. Um, and that's quite terrifying to me to be, to surrender when I tap into my unhealthy masculine of being in control. So, um, and we have done this through it's, so Jenny is, um, she's a sexologist and she's done a lot of Tantra work. So it's kind of like bringing those two together. So it's been a lot of Tantra training as well. Um, and coming into knowing myself and that's been, um, a lot has been around learning, I suppose, around uh, pleasure, um, and how to come into your body, not just think, Can I feel my body? I feel my body. I'm in my body. But it's very hard to explain, but doing a lot of work. Yeah. um, Coming right down deep into your womb and into your body and being able to listen to it and to be able to move it and to be able to work with yourself in ways that um, let go of shame. And that's been totally powerful work. And I have sat on that this year. I haven't really brought it too much into my work this year because I feel like that I really needed to be able to be this Mm. myself Mm. so next year i will um i'm creating these holidays some programs for women and definitely i think we'll start with um because part of it is that you're a holistic sexuality educator and i want to teach women about themselves sexually yeah so that's probably where we'll start i think yeah it sounds yeah. amazing so that's really exciting 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 work yeah and, it's and it been... just ripples yeah. through your whole life yeah, like if you can really tap into your sexual energy it it just brings you alive it's the aliveness within us and we're very good at t- putting our little fire out you mm. know um so it's around building your sexuality and using that to manifest and to be life because it just um, actually comes off your aura, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the feminine rising has been a massive 
theme of 2020 Mm -hmm. and it's been really beautiful to watch all of these women come alive this year and it's been huge for me too and I I do remember you in circle sharing that you felt um, quite naturally in your masculine Mm. and then reflecting because we're both Leos and yes yeah we're both yeah similar in lots of ways and Mm -hmm. I remember being like I'm very in my masculine too Mm. like and um so this year, and especially the last six months, I've been really actively learning about embodiment because mm-hmm. it is—it's—it is hard to explain, it is, yes. and it's hard to grasp. Even though I'm a woman, mm-hmm. I've definitely like—I'm not embodying anything in all of my spiritual practices. I realized are very masculine, masculine. meditation, yes, masculine <laughs> yoga, med- uh, masculine. Yeah. Whereas, and yeah, I used to love dance, and for some reason this year. I struggle to move my hips. Yes. I struggle to like be in this flowy body that I have access to, but yeah. I'm, I feel so stiff. Yeah. So yeah, it's something that I definitely want to learn more about. So I'm sure I'm going to be involved in these programs <laughs> that you're going to put out there. I can't wait. Yeah, it's exciting. And mm. just um, using your voice and sound, which I've done sound birth as well. So it's um, kind of like all coming together. So Mm. yeah been able to unblock our chakras as our throat chakras as women that makes so much sense yeah so um it reminds me actually mm -hmm. i've heard that um in terms of pleasure and orgasm Mm -hmm. that your throat chakra is an essential part of Mm -hmm. that and that it's very important to be making noise and yes same as birth like it's yeah exactly that it all happens it's all the same isn't it so (laughs) Definitely, yeah. So the initiated mother, we definitely explored sound mm. because um, that is such a powerful pain relief and opens up our cervix. Yeah. Um, and obviously, um, pleasure, the same idea. Like it, we're so connected with our our throat and our um, vagina and our cervix. So when we can't speak our truth, we will actually be very tight in mm. our vagina and our cervix. And it's like we need to be soft and open and beautiful and, you know, so they're very connected and you can see women um, actually the change once you can start to, to, to speak up and to use noise is a great sound, is a great way to practice that. Yeah. So um, it can be, it's really challenging work though. Yeah. So this is about taking women that bit deeper, you know, it's taking it from just talking because that's the beautiful thing about circle is talking yep. and listening and sharing. Um, but I feel like this work is around the next level mm. of how to make, I get it, but how do I do it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's, and I think that's been my journey. Like I always got things like I get what I need to do. I get how I need to make a change. Why can't I fucking make the change, you know? <laughs> so it's, it was, it's around, being able to change things on a cellular level in your body enough that you can start to do. Yeah. Yeah, which is your masculine. Yeah. You want to lead with your feminine and bring and lead and then lead with your feminine and bring your masculine in and lean into him that he's going to support you and be able to do what you actually want to do. Yes, definitely. Mm. And even as you were talking before, I've done some reflections and a few episodes around that oppression of the feminine because we're rising and we're healing from all of that Mm -hmm. um, generational oppression. And it makes sense to why 
you know, women have been, or little girls, you know, you've got to be quiet. Yeah, and, good girls. Yeah, good girls don't, yeah. aren't loud and that sort of thing. And yeah. even I look at my daughter and she's so loud. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, there's, yeah, there's always been that, this kind of a part that comes up like oh you're so loud and I'm like no I'm not going to mm. put that on her she's allowed to be loud yeah. like yeah. <laughs> and I get squashed somewhere along the line yeah. like you know so you'll often hear me talk about our wild woman yeah and tapping into her because she's just waiting all the time yeah. to be released you know um and she's powerful and she needs to be heard yes yeah. definitely so anything else focusing on being a mother that mm-hmm. has really helped you on your journey? Yeah, there's a few things, um, I think. Um, self-reflection has been huge. So motherhood's hard and you have to be able to reflect enough to say this really worked or this didn't work or I've overstepped the mark. You know, like I think that self-reflection is really, really powerful. So you've got to be doing that regularly as a mum, I mm. feel like, um, as in your role as a mother, you know. The other one, interestingly, when I was a little girl um, in our toilet, my mum had this big, big sign in our toilet that she had written that said there's no... There's really no bad children, only children with unfulfilled needs. And I used to read that all the time and not quite get it, you know. And then as I've become a mother myself, it's really made me realise that our children's behaviour um, tells us a lot. And my role as a mother, part of that is meeting my children's needs and not being afraid to do that, especially in the Western culture. Mm. Um, and I as a, when they were very little I lived very much by that that I'm meeting their needs because you know at that time that's all that they could tell me was what they needed yeah. by crying or by doing whatever um, so I would meet their needs and that has changed and more often I've been able to develop boundaries around that as they've got older um, and that's how they learn mm. that's how they learn how the world works um, and that's how they learn what what they can trust and um and i think it is actually really powerful when you can bring in those boundaries with them around that as well because i think the the problem sometimes especially like with the concept of meeting your children's needs and things like attachment parenting and whatever you want to call it is that sometimes women go the other way Mm. and they give 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 and um kids don't learn how to do things themselves and that kind of stuff so it's this like little this time of working out what am I giving what am I receiving what am I teaching and how can I meet them Mm. because they're children yeah yeah so that was really powerful and then when that happens you're listening to your intuition all the time because you're questioning yourself Mm. so you're you've got to dig deep and and say you know that's like self-reflection am i doing what they need am i meeting my needs you know blah 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 um and it gives you confidence like 
You don't yeah. question. You don't have to listen to the noise outside about how you're supposed to be doing things yeah. because you can listen to yourself and it gives you all your answers. Definitely. So, yeah, that's been a massive part of my journey. Something that I was quite good at from very early on. So I had a lot of confidence in my mothering from a very. I, it was hard. Mm. I was knackered, mm. but it gave me confidence all the time that what I was doing was good for yeah. my children, and I was being an awesome mum. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that constant self-reflection, tapping in, listening to your children, learning who they are, um, reading them. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'm massive in, in self-reflection and journaling and, mm. and even sometimes in terms of your partnerships, mm-hmm. there's things that come up in conversation and sometimes I just say, I think you need to go and reflect on this because <laughs> I'm sure I could give you some answers, but I think it'd be more powerful if you came, came to up with them. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it can be easy to see other people's stuff. It can be a bit trickier to see our own, and especially if you're not in practice of connecting with your yourself. Well, I think it's, you know, we tell all these mums to be, you know, you just need to listen to your gut, which is listening to your intuition. But I'm like... We haven't been taught how to do that. That's why doing that work before you have children is such a gift because, Mm -hmm. you know, you need to know how to connect with yourself. And um, women are just like going, I don't know. I don't know what's right. Mm. And that's because they can't connect with themselves. And it's very hard to start connecting with yourself when you've got a newborn baby or a little person who's crying or you're not getting sleep, that kind of stuff. So that's the beauty of starting this work before you have a baby. Yeah. Um, but yeah, super powerful if you can start to listen to yourself. Definitely. Yeah. Well, this has been so amazing. I'm so grateful (laughs) for your time today and this conversation has been beautiful and I can already feel a few other episodes maybe down the track, especially stuff on boundaries. Yeah. That's a big one for me. Yes. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a good topic. (laughs) So... But I so appreciate this. Now, what is, what's the best way for people to connect with you? If they've loved what they've heard and they want to, you know, follow your journey, mm-hmm. how can yeah. they connect? Um, Empower the Woman um, is my handle on Insta. Yeah. And it's, um, I've got Empower the Woman on Facebook. I have a private group where most of my, um, I say more intimate sharing work happens yeah. in there. Um, and also my website, which is empowerthewoman.com.au. So you can find me there as well. And as I mentioned, I'll link all of them so that it's super, super easy. Yeah. But yeah, thanks again for coming on today. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed that episode with Christy Russell from Empower The Woman, please let me know. Post on Instagram or Facebook and tag me in it or screenshot this podcast and share it on your social media all my links are in the show notes of course same as Christie's. if you're curious about following her journey or if you're local to us and are interested in working with her I know you are going to get so much from her because I have Christy has been a huge part in my journey into where I am today and I believe in the work that she's doing so much. I'm so, so grateful to have her in my life, so blessed that she was open to sharing her wisdom on this podcast and I cannot wait for the next time that we connect and 
I know that you'll enjoy even more of what she has to share. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to be following this podcast. We release new episodes every single Friday here in Australian time. As well as if you enjoyed this episode in particular, please share it with a friend, share the link, tag Christy and I in it. We'd love to know what you're enjoying from it or what you're getting out of this content that we're sharing with you. And remember, even if your wings have been clipped off, they can always regrow.